0: Stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose, so when I hear
1: Hello and welcome to the Financial Literacy Show with your host, Hubert McIntosh, CPA, a member of SOFA, the Society for Financial Awareness, bringing financial education to America, one community at a time. Now here's your host, Hubert McIntosh.
0: Good evening, good Friday evening to you once again. We are June 12, 12, 2020. I am here in beautiful Palm City, yes, and I can go back to my old tune. It's beautiful, it's sunny, but guess what? <laughs> it's kind of warm. <laughs> I think it's like 83 degrees out, yes, yeah, so, so we are feeling summer, summer is here summer is here (laughs) summer is here in florida in south florida we are 83 degrees out but it's beautiful it's such a beautiful day for the beach i tell you it's a beautiful i'm not encouraging it so much but you still have to practice your social distancing or you know so but it's a i can't it's a beautiful day for the beach so, thank you for taking time out and joining us. You know, we are here Fridays at four PM talking about financial literacy. We're gonna pick up from last week. Remember, we started talking to you about life insurance. So, we're gonna sum it up what we the introduction, and then we're gonna share some insights with you. But as always, you know, I always use a scripture reference to prepare us. Right. Like, for instance, and sometimes you hear a scripture and um, without going deep into it, sometimes you can really miss the meaning. Like in Hosea 4, verse 6, it says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And if you just stop and you if you just stop there and you're like, oh, my gosh, God is rebuking his people. Because they don't have knowledge. But if you look at that deeper, if you take it deeper, though, what is he saying when he says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge? He's not just, he's not judging us. He's reminding us and he's inviting us. Yeah, he's inviting us to seek that knowledge. Because if we go back to Jeremiah 29, 12, remember I introduced you to Jeremiah 29, 12, because a lot of us sometimes we stop at Jeremiah 29, 11, and we just start our praise hallelujah, You know, because Jeremiah 29, 11, I'm telling you, it's a verse to be praised, You, 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 you know, because it says, you know, he has a good plan. He has a good plan for us and it, it, you know it's not a plan to hurt us but it's a good plan and sometimes we stop at 29 11. oh my gosh but what does twenty nine twelve? 12 you know how many people cannot tell you what jeremiah 29 12 12 12 through 14 it's just so awesome because what did he say in twenty nine twelve? he said if oh my gosh if you look for me, if you look for me, if you look, and that's the key word there. If you look for me, you will find me. You will find me. And the blessing even gets better. He says, when you find me, I am going to restore all you have lost. Oh my gosh. If that's not a praise hallelujah, folks, I don't know what that is. So, so, so the law, our Lord is consistent in the sense that, and you may say, okay, Hubert, that is Old Testament. I'm a New Testament person. No, they go together. Then, that same verse, that same verse, if you take Jeremiah 29 12 through 14, which is in the Old Testament, and then you read, you move over to James 4, James 4, verse 8. What did he say there? What he says there. If you draw near to me, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So a lot of times we read these scriptures, they're not rebuking us. They're encouraging us that, you know, we can increase our knowledge. We can increase our knowledge. Because if that was not important, why would James say in James 1 verse 5 that if anyone lacks wisdom, if anyone lacks wisdom, you seek the Lord. You seek the Lord. So I'm just happy that you have joined us because our prayer is that we're going to share wisdom with you. We're going to share insights. We, we, we're just going to make you aware of things that, you know, you may not have been aware. And some of you may already have been aware. But sometimes that little jolt, that reminder is helpful. So, so we are in the studio. You can call with your questions, your comments, 772-221-1100, 772-221-1100. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, a member of SOFA. SOFA's mission to bring financial education and er- er- eradicate financial illiteracy in America, one community at a time. The beautiful thing about our community is... um. We're physically located in Palm City, Florida, but because of the World Wide Web, we have a worldwide reach. Yes, if you're, if you're listening on the radio dial, we're 89.9 FM, and you know with radio dial, you know you span for a certain period. Sometimes you may span 100 miles, 50 miles, or whatever the case may be. There's a limitation to the boundaries for the radio there's a limitation there but what the internet has done has done in the sense that the internet has removed a lot of those boundaries because if you have internet service if you have internet service you can reach us at www.wcno.com you know, because www is worldwide web WCNO.com. So you can always reach us. So we have a worldwide reach. So I want to also remind you about the website now, W-C-N-O dot so, com. If this is the first time you're listening or you have missed a couple of programs and you're like wondering, wow, I want to catch up on the programs. So for this program and other programs, um, the website for the station has improved a lot. Whereas if you go to the home page, and you look to the left and you go down there's an icon down there that says on demand so what that is saying that there are programs that have happened in the past that you can get them on demand so like for our program you can get catch up i think the last 6 weeks maybe there but if you want to go back further because we have been here since february 14th if you want to go back further We have also created a website called financialeducational.com. Financialeducational.com. So there you'll go to the podcast. You'll go to the podcast tab and you will click on the podcast tab and it will take you to and you can just choose the programs that you you may have missed. And guess what? Also on financialeducational.com we have a Facebook page. Yeah, we have a Facebook page. You didn't know we have a Facebook page? Yeah, you can go to the Facebook page. We have programs and you can even share. You you can even share with your family and friends. Share with them. And today's a great day to share because I'm going to talk about, I'm going to put a different spin on life insurance. I'm going to talk about life insurance, but I'm going to put a different spin than what you normally hear. So this program is a great program. You can share, you can call your friends, call your family member, and they may have some questions. They may have some questions. And if they even miss it, you know, they're on demand. But the beautiful thing with the live is that If there's a question on your mind, you can just pick up the phone and call us. We are here in the studio live to address your question. All right? So thanks again. So let's get into it. So let me do a recap of last week. Last week, I shared with you three myths, three myths about life insurance. So I'm just going to summarize. I'm not going to go deep dive because we spoke about that last week. But I'm just going to just remind you the three myths we spoke about. Myth, what, myth number one was, I only need life insurance if I am the primary breadwinner in my family. Think about that. And the point I drove home there, if, if a person is the primary breadwinner, okay, all right, so who's the secondary? So you're saying the secondary is the person that's staying at home. Here's what. I hate to burst your bubble. I hate, I know this is got to get ready. This is going to be a tough saying. This might be a tough, but I'm, I'm, I'm sending it out with love. If you're the primary breadwinner, right, and you're thinking, well, oh, well, I'm going to take insurance on the primary breadwinner, but not on the secondary. Here's the reality, folks. Here's the reality. And it's a tough one, I know, sometimes. Sometimes that secondary person at home, I hate to say it to you, Sometimes that person is just as important, or more important. And I know that doesn't—that doesn't even sound good. I don't even to make it, but okay, take it now. So take one spouse, a spouse that's bringing in the majority of the income. Our society has changed so much. Where once upon a time in America, we could say husband. But we can't say that anymore because there's such equality. I believe that, you know, even though other people would say that they're not equality there. There's such equality now in income. You have female making more than male and vice versa. So a lot of times it's not even gender based anymore. It's educational or opportunity where you can have a husband and wife, male and female, and one, they have the same education, and one just get more opportunity than the other. So it's not that one person is better than the other. Or the other, and you have um, families that have made the decision that one will stay at home, and the other will go out into the marketplace. But the one that's staying at home is not that that person's service is 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 minimum, because the one that stayed at home. The family could possibly have three kids, two or three kids. So you ask yourself this, and I know sometimes our society has gotten twisted in a lot of way where we're thinking, okay, the person that goes out and earns the money is more important. But let's stop and break it down. So the person that's home taking care of the three kids, what are they, Chop liver? No, it's a partnership. It's a partnership where two people has decided that says okay all right we are going to have kids we have two three kids we want to make sure our kids are raised properly in the lord and so forth so one member of the of the partnership decide that okay we're going to pour into the into the children so i just want to encourage you that both parties are just as important. So don't, don't think that if you're insuring one over the other, that is any great wise decision. It's not. I think you need to take a look at that. Okay. So that's myth number one, where it says, I only need life insurance if I'm the primary breadwinner in my family. That's not true. That's really a myth. Myth number two. If I buy term life insurance and find that I still need protection when the term ends, I can always renew the policy. That's also a myth. What I shared with you there, if someone someone may have bought a um, policy at age 25 and they may buy a 20-year term, so now they get to 45 and they're thinking, okay, I just I can just buy another 20-year term. Guess what? that person still has to, be, has to qualify. And if, you, if your health changes, and most of our health changes in a 20-year period, if your health changes from 25 to 45 when that, ter- that term ends, then based on your health, there are situations where you may not even get qualified for life insurance. So you got to be careful of that. You know, you may not get qualified. You may even get a rating. Like, for instance, if you're taking any medication or anything like that, or our body, our body just get older. You know, you're, you're 45. You're not the same as 25, you know? So, so I just want to point that out though. So you can't just get life insurance. You'll have to be approved. So. Um, if, if people are out there saying that, I apologize for them because that communication is not correct. Okay. Myth number three, I only need term life insurance. It goes back. It goes back to just like number two in sense when the person says, I only need term life insurance. So then you have to ask yourself, why is it that you believe you only need term life insurance? You have to take it a case by case. You cannot generalize and says, well, every 25-year-old only need term life. Every 35-year-old only need term life. It's each situation. So be careful where I know sometimes you, you, you're on the internet and then you just get these little pop-up, and they says, "Oh, just buy this insurance." And then you're thinking, "Okay, my gosh, this is only nineteen dollars. What can I lose? Oh, I'm just gonna apply for this nineteen-dollar policy." But let's stop and ask yourself. Remember last week what we spoke about? What's one of the purpose of insurance? Any insurance? Forget whether it's life insurance. Any insurance? The what, the purpose of insurance. Is to, is to ensure something of value, something of value. You insure something whereas because if you lose it, it can be replaced. So you ask yourself, you know, sometimes it may not be replaced fully or it may, it may not be made whole, but the purpose of insurance is so that you get some indemnity or you get some... You, you, you get some remuneration or you have a different situation or you get replacement, right? But the key part is that insurance, you're insuring something you value, you value. And one other thing I raised last week that I raised last week is that 42% of Americans, if you even go and you Google, you can Google right behind me, Google Yahoo, MSN, whatever you, whichever you want to go, you're going to see an average where it says 42% of Americans don't have life insurance. So ask yourself this then, 42% of Americans don't believe they're, they're, they are valuable? Because if we insure things that are valuable to us, why would 42% of people don't have life insurance? And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about. I don't believe, you know, I I, I don't want to believe that 42% of people um, just just determine not to have life insurance. I don't want to subscribe to that belief. I want to believe that because they are not educated enough, they don't see the value. They don't see the value. And with that being said, that is going to springboard in what I'm going to talk about this today. I'm going to talk about cash value life insurance, okay? We're in the studio, 772-221-1100, 772-221-1100. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, here to field all your questions regarding finance. So, all right. So, thank you for calling. So, cash value. I believe um, sometimes people will ask a question or people will say, why didn't I hear about that? Or why don't I know about it? And here's the reality of it. You know, I'm going to break it down to you. Why don't we know about certain things? Because let's ask ourselves, how do we, how, how do we get to know things? How do we learn? How do we learn? I I firmly believe we learn one of three ways. Yeah. I believe we learn one of three ways: where we learn by ourselves, where we read, we read, or we watch, or we listen. Read, watch, listen. Where we make an effort to to be educated on a certain topic. I believe that's one of the way we learn. The second way is where someone tells us. Someone tells us. It could be where if we are a student and we are in a class or whatever or we take some kind of a vocational program where someone is telling us, someone is sharing with us, right? Someone is sharing with us their knowledge and we are accepting that knowledge. And we have a choice. Sometimes we accept that knowledge or we can validate that knowledge by us going and doing the research. I believe that's the second way we learn and the third way is places we have visited. we have visited like for instance, um, I am I am from Jamaica, right? I am from Jamaica. And so for instance, you ask if you are speaking with me and you did not, you did not ask me or I did not share you or you did not read about Jamaica, you did not read and you did not ask me, what's the third way you're going to learn about It's if you visit. Because if you visit Jamaica, there's the experience that you're going to have. And I'm just using Jamaica as an example because I'm... So it's anywhere, whether you go to Europe, anywhere you go around the world, you go to Israel, you can learn things by you visiting so I believe those are the three general way that we learn things. So, so let's, let's focus on the part then, Leah, where, where I'm going to talk about cash value, life insurance. And some of it you, you, you have not heard. You, you, I'm almost confident that some of the stuff I'm going to share with you, you haven't heard. So you ask yourself, how come you never heard it? All right, so outside of the three ways that I just said to you, where we kind of play a role in or we learn something, what's the next way? What's the next way we learn things involuntarily? Involuntarily. So, take for instance, you're on Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, you're on social media. You have marketing, you have marketing that will interrupt you. You might, you might be, you might be browsing a page, right? And something pops up, something pops up, you you, you know, and it's asking you, did you know this? Did you know you could get this? Did you know you could get this insurance? Did you know you could buy this book? That is what you call interrupters, interrupters. So, so people will have these marketing and it's structured and you're thinking it's accident. It's not accident. That is what's called a market. That's an interrupter it's interrupt you in your tracks your browsing You're thinking you're just going to facebook you're browsing yes but the interrupter will come before you will come before you for whatever reason where they study your profile or whatever this is so intense marketing is so deep and you know it's not accident so that's one way the other way you get an interruption, then, um, if, if, for those of you who watch cable, who have cable, you know, and you watch cable news, and if you guys remember, no I'm kind of dating myself, do you guys remember the days when cable news or cable, if you're going to watch TNT or TBN, any cable station, there was a time when cable station didn't have commercial, No, they didn't have commercial. You subscribe and you pay a monthly bill, and whatever you are watching was commercial free. But what happened? Because we are in a free market society. So, what happens? The commercials were on the regular stations, you know, like the ABC, CBS, and the NBC, you know, and then Fox came on. So, that's you had four major networks which was local. On your local TV, you could have gotten ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. Those were the four, four um, network stations. While you had the cable stations, you had the TBN, TBS, CNN, all kind of different cable networks. These cable networks, at that time when they came on board, it was just a monthly fee. But as time went by, they realized they were losing revenue or they were not maximizing their revenue. So what happens now? Cable, cable network start adding commercials. So then you ask yourself, why? Why? This is what you got to figure out. You, you gotta. There's always a why. So when you hear something or you see something, always try to figure out the why. So why did the cable, why did the cable station become in demand for commercials? You know, whether it's Pepsi, Coke, or whoever it is, why did it become in demand? What happened, you got to remember, all these companies, they study what people are watching. So it had reached a point now where they identify that people are watching cable more than they're watching regular channels. Do you see where I'm going with that? So because people are watching cable more than regular channels now, they know targeted where it says, okay, what if we can incentivize the cable company to start putting on ads? So that is what has happened now. So if you even look at now cable, and you even watch the news network on cable and 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 I'll show them I'm not showing them under the bus but I'll put them out the first cable news, the first cable news and people may try to tell me different but if they go back and they studied it, the first the first network, the first network to bring news on cable was CNN. Because remember, CNN was part of um, TNT, TBS, all of that. That network was found by Ted Turner. So what happened, Ted Turner had a vision where he says, okay, because at that time you had the nightly news. I'm dating myself, I'm going back into the 80s. You had the nightly news that come on at 6.30 or 7 o'clock and then you have to wait for the 11 o'clock news. Ted Turner had a vision to say, wait. Why is it that people have to subject themselves to wait for the news at seven o'clock and wait for the news at eleven? I wonder. Since I have a television station, because at that time TBS, yeah, the station was TBS. you had TBS and TBN, uh, not TBN. T S TBS and T. Oh my gosh, I, I I I I'm forgetting the next one. It's two of them. T N T or TBS, but. The, you guys know where I'm going. Those were the two station that um, Turner had it was formed out of Atlanta, where they were mostly talking about movies. And then they says, Wait, I wonder if we put on news how much audience we'd get. And oh my gosh, it was it it it, it, it became a boom it became a boom so all right so i just give you all of that history to tell you okay so why haven't you heard about it so here it is now why haven't you heard about cash value life insurance all right most of us whether we like western movies or not most of us are most of us are are familiar with western movies whether we were born in America, we were born in the Caribbean or wherever, Western movies, Western movies were a popular movie, popular movies where that was basically, you know, most people know about John Wayne and Clint Eastwood and so forth. And if you go back and you look at a Western movie, and in the town, when you look at a town, in a Western movie, I'm going somewhere. Bear with me. I'm going somewhere. I'm just breaking down the history. Show you when you look at a tone in a Western movie, what do you see at the town? You, you, you basically see about four kind of business. I'm going to tell you the kind of business you see every town. You see, there was a bank, right? You remember that every town has a bank, every town at a salon, do you remember a saloon, not salon, a saloon, every town had a saloon. Do you remember that? Every town had a hotel and every town had a, what back then, what did we call them? Aubrey That's in, 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 back in the town. It wasn't even used that. It was a general store. So every town had a bank, a general store, a saloon, a hotel, and a one other business. You guys remember the other business? You guys don't remember that one? Remember, people have to die. People will always be dying. So you always have the undertaker. Those were the five core business you saw in a town. So the question I'm saying then, okay, why did you not see the insurance business? You think insurance did not exist? Let's ask yourself this. You think insurance did not exist? Insurance existed a long ago. The first insurance company, the first insurance, formal insurance company was established 1347 in Genoa, Italy. 1347, all right? So so to answer the question, why did you not see an insurance company in those western town? Because here's what happened now. Insurance was only for a few because not many people could afford insurance. So insurance, to be, to be real, insurance was, was basically for the wealthy. Insurance was not for the regular people. It was not for poor people. Insurance was for the wealthy people because they couldn't afford it. Because remember, think of the mortality Think of the mortality then. Think about this. The mortality. What's the average age in the in the eighteen hundreds? What, what's the average age, it's the 19th century? The average age. The average age was like 38, 39. Yeah. So think about this then. For an insurance company to insure someone to, to insure their life, there was just not enough. Because if this person is gonna die by 38 or 39, that insurance company was not going to make enough money. They were not going to make enough money because if the person is 25 or 20 and they're going to take out insurance, that person is expected to die in 20 years. So that's one of the reasons you see that because it was not popular. It doesn't mean that it didn't exist, but it it existed for the wealthy people. So let's fast forward now. Let's fast forward to 1950s, now 1960s. So what happened then? Insurance now is was getting more popular. Insurance was more was getting more popular. I'm giving you this history because I promise you this. I want you to be aware that's why I am taking the time to develop the history for you. So, all right, so you come back now, you fast forward to 1960s now, all right? Okay, the 1960s in America was a very tumultuous time. Like, for instance, the, the 60s the 60s was not an easy time because what were we dealing with in the 60s? Remember, we were dealing with, and I'm just keeping it real with you guys. In the 60s, we're dealing with race riots. We're dealing with race riots, and we are also, so two things were happening in the 60s. We have race riots or race um, protests, whatever you want to call it. Protests, you want to be nice and call it protests, but protests and riots. You had that going on in the 60s, but guess what else was going on in the 60s also? Remember, America was at war. We were in Vietnam. So here it is again now, life expectancy. Insurance companies not going to present something to the masses, to the general public. They're not going to make it available to the general public because what happened is the mortality of people. People were dying at a very young age. So it, it was not beneficial for the insurance company. It was not beneficial for the insurance company to sell insurance because, remember, they're not non-profit business. They're a profit business. So why are they going to sell something to lose? They're not going to sell to lose. So, okay. So we got through the 60s. We got through the 70s. We got through the 70s. I know we are late 70s. All right something happened in late 70s there's a gentleman in the late 70s um turned inside insurance business upside down yeah one man one man you're right. most of these changes in life a lot of times you can identify a single person because even though that person may have been helped by others but one person was at the forefront. Like, say, for instance, we talk about civil rights in the 60s, and most people will remember Martin Luther King. But, like guys, let be real. Martin Luther King couldn't do it by himself. He was just a name that was pushed forward. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that helped Martin Luther King. So one person cannot do it, but a lot of times, that name, that name becomes the forefront. All right, let's even take it then. We as believers. All right, let let's me go biblical because you know I always go biblical with you. Let's go back this. Christianity today. Christianity today. Let's think of Christianity today. All right. What the core belief of Christians? The core belief of Christians is Jesus. If someone doesn't believe in Jesus, then they're not a Christian. They're something else. They're using something else. But the core belief of Christianity is that is Jesus Christ. That's the core belief of Christianity. So ask yourself this question then. The core belief, and please don't throw rocks at me, I'm just breaking out the facts. So the core belief of Christianity is Jesus Christ. But here's what Jesus identified when he came 2,000 years ago. Jesus identified this and says, you know what? If I am going to spread this, if I'm going to spread Christianity, I'm going to spread the good news so that people are aware of the good news, I am going to sow into 12 men. Twelve men. It didn't mean that there was only 12 men. There were others, but he chose 12. And he poured into those 12 for three years. And then what happened now? You and I, you and I can be thankful for those 12 men that was poured into. And in addition to that, then Paul came along where he was part of that sect. So I'm just giving you these history of how things spread and the benefits, all right? So 1970s, late 70s. Now, what happened now? Which man am I talking about? There was a man called A.L. Williams. Yeah, you can Google him. There's a man called A.L. Williams turned the insurance industry upside down in the 70s, late 70s, because what was happening that... Insurance was only available, was available for rich people. Yeah, insurance was available for rich people. Insurance wasn't for poor and middle class. It was for rich people. So what A.L. Williams said now where he tried to define a model now where he got the insurance company to say, okay, all right, we are going to establish term insurance because the term insurance is for poor people. And don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm just breaking out the fact. So term insurance was created for poor people. Yes, I'm. I'm just giving you the facts. Term insurance was created for poor people because what it was saying then. All right. So, for instance, if you have a young family, if you have a young family, two people in their twenties, and they have a child, they have a child, or they have two children. So what happened, what the purpose of term insurance was to say, okay, all right, what we're going to do then, we're going to give this young couple an opportunity, an opportunity to insure themselves so if something happens, you know, terminal, then the children can be covered. So ends the term that A.L. Williams, he did such a masterful job of it where are it says no, and this was targeted to poor people. Now, I'm, I'm I'm, telling you the fact where it was saying, okay, by term, most of you may have heard it, 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 the statement, by term and invest the difference. By term and invest the difference. You see what I'm saying? Because only poor people couldn't afford cash value life insurance. Cash value life insurance been around since 1347. It's been around ever, but formally since 1347 in Genoa, Italy, but it was never for poor or middle class. So that's the history of why you may not have. So you ask yourself now, who are better marketers? That's why we talk about the. Uh, let me remind you, we are in the studio, 772 221 221 Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, talking about financial literacy. Today, we're focusing on life insurance. I want you to get this understanding because as I studied it, I said for 42% of people not to have life insurance there's an underlying reason and i don't believe that is because these 42 percent of people don't want i just believe that it's a lack of education nobody has taken the time to stop and educate them so i am here to educate you about that so 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 now you're up to speed with term now all right so Here's a common thing now when people talk about insurance, life insurance, right? People will say, uh, a a lot of the companies, and it's always marketed. I personally believe that it's marketed poorly because what someone will say, and even the site that I introduced you last week, remember the site? LifeHappens.org. LifeHappens.org lifehappens.org, you're going to get a lot of insurance information. But here's something you're going to get there, even though I am the one introducing you to that website. Remember, nothing is perfect. I shared with you last week. Nothing is perfect. We are all learning. We're all learning. Here is a... I won't say it's a mistake, but I just want to enhance it. When you go on lifehappens.org, right? You're going to see a calculator where it's going to say, calculate your needs, calculate your insurance needs, right? And a lot of the insurance company, they'll meet with people, the advisors or whatever, and they'll sit with you and they will take your expenses, right? They'll take your expenses, they calculate your expense, and they will prepare something called an FNA, what it's called, it's a financial needs analysis. So they're they estimating, right? And they're saying, you need this. You need 400,000 in insurance. You need 500,000 in insurance. But here's what they're doing. They're calculating that based on your needs. So they are using the expense. They're using your expenses, right? Your expenses and your income, and they're calculating it. But let's go back to the core of what we're talking about. Why do people buy any type of insurance? You buy insurance to insure a value of something, so let's, uh, let's go back the last week where I prod you with this. What's the most valuable thing in your life? What's the most valuable thing? What's the most valuable thing? The most valuable. I'm going to put the value for you. You may not want to believe it, but I am going to tell you what's the most valuable thing to you. Because you may not want to say it. You may not want to believe it. But I'll say it for you. The most valuable thing to you is your life. The most valuable thing to you is your life. Then I added last week, I would hope then that it's your spouse and then your children. But we're not going to go there because you may say, I am meddling. I don't want to meddle. So I'm going to focus on you. The most valuable thing in your life is you. So then ask yourself this question. And then for the next few minutes, we're going to go into cash value. We're going to go deeper. Ask yourself this question. If the most valuable thing in your life is your life, can some guy or gal come and sit at your kitchen table and tell you that you only need 400 or you only need 500,000? Life insurance has been marketed as a need product. But life insurance is not a need product. Life insurance is a want. As Americans, let's ask ourselves this. Let's ask ourselves this. The things we do in life, and I'm talking generally, there are exceptions to what I'm saying. The things that we do in life, do we do what we want or what we need? And you may say, oh, Hubert, what are you referring to? All right, let's break it down. Your transportation... Is your transportation a need or a want? The car you drive, is it a car you need or a car you want? You see, sometimes nobody stops to talk to you about this. Irrespective of whatever car you drive, you're driving now, and you ask yourself, is your car a need product or a want product? Think about it. If it was a need, you would take in the bus and the train. You drive a car because you want to. Yeah. Okay. The school you send your children. You send them to a need school or a school you want. You see, I'm getting there now. It's getting here where some of you never stop to think about that. Which school you send your children to? Is it a need school or a want school? I'm getting further up the chain now. Some of you gonna say I'm meddling now, but I'm educating. The house that you live in, is it a want or a need? Ah. I see I'm touching some feathers now. I'm touching the house that you live in. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Is it a need house or a want house? Because stop and think about it. Let's fix it, guy. Let's be real now. Two people living in a four bedroom house. Uh, I I feel like I'm meddling. Two people living in a four bedroom house. Is that a need or a want? Four bedroom, three bathroom. Four bedroom, four bathroom. Is that a need or a want? Ah. The things we buy, the clothes we buy, is it need or want? So let's break it, let's break this down. So, Everything we do in life, we do it because we want. So why then when it comes to the most important thing in your life, which is your life, why is it a need product? It's not a need. It's a want. But then you're going to say, well, Hubert, I didn't know this. All right. That's why I'm educating you. So here's cash value life insurance. Think of the name. Some people use a terminology, and I think that is what has messed you up because you have heard of old life. When somebody heard of old life insurance, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything to them. When you hear of permanent life, you hear of term life, you hear of permanent life, what does that mean to you? The meaning is not properly defined, so you don't pay attention to it. So I'm going to introduce you now to cash value life insurance. Think about what I just said. Cash value. Let that wrap around your head. Because when you heard it first, if I say life insurance with cash, it has a different meaning if I say cash value life insurance. Because the first part you're thinking of is the life insurance. And then sometimes it messes up with our brain because our brain is telling us that because it's life insurance, we have to die to get the benefit. Because we hear the term life insurance, we think that. So that's why I'm switching the name to you and call it cash value insurance. Cash value. You see all the words? The same words you can use and the meaning changes. You guys notice that? So you're saying life insurance with cash value. Life insurance with cash value. Same words, but they just flip. Life insurance with cash value. And then now I put it cash value life insurance. Do you see the difference? Do you see the subtle difference? Because now you're seeing it, wow, I have some cash, but there's life insurance on behind it. But if I say life insurance with cash value, you're thinking of, oh, it's life insurance, I have to die first. But let's talk about cash value life insurance. I see people with CDs. Take a person, let's use a model person then. Take someone with a CD of $100,000, right? That person has that CD of $100,000 because they says, you know what, Ben, I, I don't want to run out of money. I have to keep this money for rainy day. And they have it in a CD. And the CD is generating less than 1%. I spoke about the person last week about the house. You have the house. It's free and clear. The house is not working. So it's the same way where someone will have their money in a CD and that money is not working. And So you ask yourself, why do they do it? It's because they just don't know that there is another option. And that's why I want to introduce you, if you explore it. As I said, this is just top level. This is a topic I could talk on for one entire week. So we're just talking top level to let you know that you have options. Cash value life insurance. Here's an example. Let me give you an example. Take a person with a CD of $100,000, right? So, they have the CD, whichever bank, we're not calling out any bank. They have the CD, a hundred thousand CD in a bank, right? All right. If that person, Mrs. Jones, let's use Mrs. Jones since we've been using her since last week. Let's use Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones has a hundred thousand dollars in her CD in her bank, you know, and she has children and she has grandchildren, and she puts this CD in a will, right? When Mrs. Jones die, look, you agree with me that Mrs. Jones is going to die someday, right? We don't know when. But when Mrs. Jones die, ask yourself this question. How much money will that bank give her beneficiaries? It's it's not a trick question. The CD is $100,000 didn't earn any money the bank is going to give her beneficiary 100000 Here's the part now where I'm going to blow your mind. This is the part where I, all of what I've said, I have prepared you for the statement that I'm going to share with you now. If Mrs. Jones has that same $100,000 in a cash value life insurance, same same 100000 same hundred thousand. So the hundred thousand doesn't change. She has a hundred thousand cash value. She has a hundred thousand in the CD. Mrs. Jones die. What money you think her beneficiary is gonna get? You're saying a hundred? No, not a hundred. That's just the cash value. The because it's cash value life insurance. The cash value life insurance has something called a debt benefit or face value mrs Jones face value could be five hundred thousand depending on when she took it out wow I see the look on your face you're like that's not possible that's not possible how can a hundred thousand become five hundred thousand how can a hundred thousand become 500 you see it does not make sense logically it does not make sense but remember last week i remind you we are not talking about logic we're talking about finance it's the same way with the person who has a house 400,000 free and clear it has two benefits one benefit is peace of mind which is great But financially, it's not a good decision. So it boils down to what each person wants. Do you want peace of mind? Do you want a financial benefit? Did you realize that you could get both? And this is how education comes in. This is how education comes in. So people have cash. That's not working. So say, for instance, Mrs. Jones, go back to Mrs. Jones now. So Mrs. Jones has this $100,000 CD, and in her mind, she doesn't need this money. She's going to leave it for her children. One of the best things Mrs. Jones could do, if she put that $100,000 in the CD, she still have the $100,000, but it's in a cash value life insurance, and she would get the benefit there. That is what I want to introduce. That's why, you know, I know there's a lack of understanding regarding insurance because when I see 42%. And, and it really got to me. It really got to me. I'm telling you, it really got to me where I says, I I, I have to speak to you guys about this because when I look at the numbers, I, I know the numbers has gone over 100,000, but let's break it down to 100,000, that people that have died from corona. I know there are disputes about the numbers, but we're not talking about the numbers. We're talking about the concept. Remember, we are in the studio. We're wrapping up. But we still have time that if you have a call or any questions, you can get it in. We're in the studio, 772 221 1100. 772 221 1100. Okay. All right. So the last five minutes we have, let us just, let us bring this, let's just bring, let's land this plane now. We're going to land the plane. We're going to land this plane. So here's what I am saying to you now why I felt the need to really come on and share this with you guys. So let's go back to the amount of people that has reported that died from coronavirus, right? So let's use 100,000. Let's use 100,000. All right. If the 42% statistic is true, if that statistic is true, folks, if it's true... I get in a call a year now. Let's take this call. Hello, caller. You're on the line.
1: Hi. Good afternoon. Um, I had a question in reference. I currently have a life insurance, and it's a universal life insurance. Yes. Okay. Um, and I'm looking to get something for my daughter. Do you recommend a hold, or do you recommend like a permit? She's only. 13
0: years old. That question is so great. That's not a question that can be just answered with a one question because there are a lot of factors you have to consider, especially with you having a 13 year old, because you have some opportunities where for this 13 year old, one of the things you want to consider life insurance, the type of life insurance you get can help her with her college. Because in five years or six years, you're looking for her to go to college where basically your life insurance can help with that. Mm-hmm. So so that, that's that
1: my life insurance or her the insurance that I'm planning to get for her?
0: The insurance it's you're planning way. to get for her, and you can even upgrade your insurance to a smart. You can get a smart insurance. Because they're smart insurance. And that's why I say your question is so great. It's not a question that I can do justice. It's not a question that uh-huh. I can just do justice like that. So I'm gonna ask Miss Karen to take your number, and I'll give you a call, and I can speak more on that with you. But that's a great, great question.
1: Awesome, and also just thank you for sharing again, because again, I totally agree with you that a lot of people are not aware of the different. You know, they hear life insurance, especially people from the island. Yes, they automatically shut it off because they're like, oh, I'm not planning on dying and not wearing. So, again, thank you for educating us. It's awesome and truly appreciate it.
0: And make sure you stay on the line so Miss Karen can get your number. Okay? Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. You take care. All right. So, I want to thank that caller because her question is so great, folks, in the sense that there's so many things that you could be doing because there are two types of tax-free vehicle in America. Most people only know about the Roth. Most people only know about the Roth, but cash value life insurance is another vehicle. And th- this topic is so interesting. It seems like I may have to go part three because I need you guys to understand. I need you to understand this. Okay. Take care. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, a member of SOFA. Have a great weekend, and I will see you next week.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on the financial literacy show the show centered around providing financial education across America one community at a time be sure to tune in next friday at 4 pm with your questions ready to go for more information visit sofausa.org god bless you and have a great week so let me go down down down, in down in has another save faithful member of they are-